0: First, let me just say that was absolutely fabulous. That was just, oh gosh, yeah, please. So in uh, 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So over the past couple of months now, we've been in this series, how to defend your faith and stay friends. And I want to continue that. Um, I want to continue that this morning. Last week, we started to um, started asking some questions. The week before, I said, you know what? It seems to me that Christians are always the one answering all these questions dynamic questions of the universe, right? We're always the one asked answering the difficult questions, but I said that a couple of weeks ago I said hey, why don't we start asking some difficult questions and not to be Sarcastic or just to be you know, you know mean-spirited or whatever but to help people understand the 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 the, the, the meaninglessness if you will of their worldview. How meaningless their lives are based upon the worldview that they hold to. So last week we started asking some questions. Um, for example, you know, what is the what is the first cause of the universe? And can like can nothing create something? Uh, you know, how does how does life how did life originate? What is the process of evolution? Walking through the questions and questioning the process, if you will, of evolution. And we ask, for example, again, how did the universe come into existence? Can life spring from non-life? If something's not living, can it spring into existence and become living? Where are all the expected millions of 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 fossils, if you will? If there's you know if things evolved, where are all the millions of transitional fossils? How did they find how did they find soft tissue in a fossil that is 60 to 80 million years old, a duck billed dinosaur and the T Rex femur? How did they find soft tissue in something that is supposedly sixty to eighty million years old. And and then the other question that we talked about last week is how do how do living fossils remain unchanged for supposedly hundreds and millions of years? Living fossils like the coelacanth, okay? Five hundred million years old, four hundred million years old, no change in all that time. Um, the horseshoe crab. 400 million years. No change at all. The things that we have existing today, the living creatures we have existing today, if you go back in the fossil record, they're exactly the same as they are today. And there are thousands of examples of this. So we started asking these questions. How, 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 how does, how does soft tissue come from an 80 million year old billed dinosaur? That's not possible. But then they find it. So this week I have some backup. Um, <laughs> His name is Abraham Contempe. We call him Abe. All right. So um, I wanted Abe to come. One of the reasons I wanted Abe to come, because as the pastor, you're just assuming like, well, of course, you're going to not believe in, you know, you're going to believe God created everything. And of course, you have all these ideas and these these facts and everything. But I wanted to actually bring a scientist this morning to sit down, especially for the younger ones to realize That there are, there are very, 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 very intelligent people all around the world, okay, who are scientists and every other, and doctors and all kinds of, that believe that God created all things, okay. It's a myth. It is a complete myth. That, that you are non-intellectual if you believe that God created all things. So this is important. So I'm not exactly sure how this is going to go. But, um, but I wanted to kind of introduce Abe first. All right. And ask him a few questions. So what is your, what is your field of expertise?
1: Um, thank you, Pastor Jeff. I'm, uh, I'm a chemist by training. But uh, with time, I've become a, a material scientist material scientist is person that builds materials, that finds out how materials came to be. So I'm an organic slash polymer chemist.
0: Excellent. So where, where, like, where'd you sign, spend your summer vacation? A, where have you spent your last two summers?
1: By God's grace, I. Uh, well, as a scientist, I'm sorry if I use by God's grace because uh, I believe in God first and foremost. The last two summers I spent at. Uh, Glenn Research Center the NASA Glenn Research Center and
0: uh, so you were hanging out with NASA scientists right correct all right um, and then this summer what did you do
1: this summer um, last will well, start with last summer last summer all our project okay. was on Jupiter on finding out how <laughs> to send spacecraft to Jupiter and part of the materials that is used to sustain The spaceship like the spaceship that went to Jupiter Juno it took six years from here to Jupiter how come it will survive journey of six years and then when almost two three years there's no light how do you sustain it Mm -hmm. and then how do you get messages back so that's what I spent uh, last summer doing calculating and building materials this summer Jupiter is extremely cold this summer I spent time in venus the opposite
0: so you spend time on venus is that what you're telling us
1: (laughs) (laughs) this summer i spent time with venus (laughs) venus is the it's close to the sun we spend time finding out can things exist in venus how do we even build materials to go to venus the surface of venus is almost 500 degrees centigrade just the surface so but the atmosphere and Venus is no material can get there it's almost sulfuric acid cloud of sulfuric acid and all that so we're trying to figure out how can you put a probe to tell us what's inside the core so uh, two extreme summers
0: so, Abar, are you a rocket scientist?
1: No. <laughs>
0: so what you're telling us is that no. when the rocket scientists can't figure out how to do this, they call you. Uh,
1: no, not really. <laughs> it's a it's a collaborative yeah. effort.
0: A- uh... He's real humble. So I'm going to do the bragging. He's going to just sit yeah, here and no. shake his head. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no.
1: Um,
0: what I'm trying to do is establish um, honestly, again, for everyone, but for the younger ones, especially um, from an intellectual standpoint, Okay, you're not non-intellectual if you believe there's a God who created all things. All right. Um, Abe was one of, I think, 15 or 20 men that NASA called two summers ago to be a part of this program in the United States. Correct. Yes. Okay, so one of 15 people in the United States was called by NASA, the scientists there to come in and help them figure out how to do these things. So we'll establish that. Um, How many patents do you have, Abe?
1: By God's grace, about nine.
0: Nine patents. Did mm-hmm. you uh, get a new one this summer? Was there something?
1: <laughs> well, this summer, the, they have not created a material that can get at least 100 kilometers to the surface of Venus. The one they tried, I think, Russians long time ago, only lasted about 10, 10 minutes. And that was way out. But what we did this summer... We're able to come very close, and so far it's lasted two hours. So so we're still testing it.
0: That's
1: outstanding. Yeah, check that's exciting. Yeah, so it's a new material. Yeah, Yeah, it was
0: ten minutes before, and and you guys were able to, uh, and you had the patent on that, correct? Yeah, Um, You see some progress, yeah. 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 Yeah, So again, establish that, because he's not going to say it. All right, so (laughs) let's let's get to, (laughs) let's get some of the bigger questions. Um, So from a scientific standpoint, can nothing, because we're told that nothing created everything. Can nothing create something?
1: No. Okay, uh, thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we he I, Honestly, that's a good answer. Okay. So I gave you its background. Can nothing create something? Scientifically, no. the answer is no. 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 Okay. And you said when we were talking, nothing can create something, but something. Can create something what, what do you mean, what did you mean by that that something can create something can create something nothing yes. can't create something but something can create
1: something yes when we talk is you can't create something from nothing as a material scientist i have to have things to work with to create this material example i will use my role model before i come to my own answer uh, uh, isaac newton who knows isaac newton Okay. The mathematician, the calculations Because of calculus, which is the language of the universe He's able to do all the calculations that we can hear At the end of the day, he has an atheist friend So he created a very nice uh, boat And kept it on his table The atheist came, oh wow, this look beautiful He said, yeah. where did it come from? He said, no, just came So they, three times, where did it come from? He said, no, just came so that his friend was so mad uh, at him and I, Isaac Newton said if you cannot believe that what you're seeing came from nothing then how do you believe that you come from nothing so I made it mm-hmm. so that is the preface the fact that you cannot know the other side does not mean it does not exist my mother I'm from Africa went to London for my school but when I went home My mother said, oh, he just came. Right? She had no concept how I just came. So all my aunties came, they greeted me, but nobody said, how was your flight? Does that make sense? They just saw me there. As far as they're concerned, I just evolved out out of nowhere. But there's no concept of something must have brought me here. The third point, you polish your shoes very well. You put in the closet. Do dust get there? Yep. Do you get a dust on the shoe? When you ask a kid, how did the dust come? It just came. Right? It just came. But the dust came from somewhere. The fact that I cannot trace where the dust came from does not mean that it wasn't there. So nothing just happens.
0: Yep. so every so you 're saying everything needs a first cause, yes there's a first cause of all things, yes. yes, and the first cause of all things would be from from our perspective would be God yes. the alternative just so you understand the alternative is that nothing created everything which is scientifically impossible that 's not his opinion that 's just scientific fact um, a a most most evolutionists argue that life randomly originated from non-life in some ancient slime pool on earth um, about three over 3 billion years ago. So here's my other question. Can life originate from non-life? Can something that was not alive come alive?
1: Again, from my perspective, no. And I will have other scientists like Isaac Newton, like Einstein, like Galileo Galilei, have some of their quotes to support that. But if I take it from my own understanding, as a material scientist, the answer is no. For instance, we know corn is alive, correct? Corn corn. But we cannot, I cannot go to the lab and use all my chemicals to create a corn seed
0: corn seed, you can't yeah. create one. No, With
1: cannot. all that you have, you can't create I corn cannot, seed. Okay. I cannot. If life can be created in the lab, then most of us will be living by now. <laughs> we'll keep creating ourselves, right? But no, we cannot. We can create, we can create similar stuff that look like, but we cannot bring uh, non-life. non-life to life. that. All that was, these fossils, once we're living, the microbes were once living. 400, 500 billion years, they are 40, they are now just microbes. They are no more living, they are fossils. But there's nobody that has said this fossil had turned back to life. I don't know if anybody has had that. Mm-hmm. So, paleontologists, you can extract a fossil, you give it an indication that it once existed, right? It once had life. 50 billion or whatever time you they can say. Right. But nobody has. Brought a fossil brought back to life, right. except maybe in the Bible, <laughs> where God say Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel even said what, no, but God put flesh and God build created by, and then there arose a big army. So there in the valley of is is the fossils that we're talking of So there's nothing new right science we're just discovering we're not creating anything new
0: and what you said to me last week we were talking um he said that we we shouldn't confuse um fantasy with reality yeah. like we were talking about this uh, things non-life just coming to life and he said Jeff what we can't do is the church is confuse fantasy With reality. And he used the example of his mug. He had his mug and he said, you know, I can sit this mug here. It's not alive. And I can sit it here for a hundred years, a thousand years, a million years. The mug is not going to come to life. So basically, you know, we we get this idea that just if given enough time, it's just going to spring to life because it's, you know, here it is. And if we just allow it enough time, it can come to life. See, we're expected to believe, like if I said to you, given I'll just sit this here and by the end of the service, it'll start. You know, it'll come to life. It'll it'll have life. It'll walk around everything. You think I'm ridiculous. But then if I say to you, given a million years, what do you think? And people go, well, gee, given a million years, maybe it'll come to life. That's not that's fantasy. That's not
1: yes. reality. Yes, Correct. Yeah, just to quote my three uh, role models, uh, Einstein said to sense that behind everything that can be experienced, there is something that our minds cannot grasp. The fact that your mind cannot grasp it does not mean it does not exist. Right. So that's what some of us, argue. everyone, this is what he said again, that is seriously involved in the pursuit of science. Becomes convinced that a spirit is manifest. That's Einstein. Father relativity. The father of all sciences. That we use his theories to understand things. That there's a spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe. A spirit vastly superior than that of man. So man has limitations. And when it comes to evolution and creation. There are two groups of scientists. Life scientists and physical scientists. Life scientists are the biological scientists, just like the dust model. At that time, they see living cells. That's all they can see, but they don't know how it came to be. That is still a weakness in the evolution or the Big Bang or whatever. Even if you say things just Big Bang, then there was energy, whatever you can call it. You see, is that you can call it all names, you can call it energy, you can call it this, but that was the origin. And then you break it down to the little cell that would come from bacteria and all that. Okay, that's a smaller cell. But where does that cell originate from? That's a, that a big question. Just like the dust. right? And, yeah. so,
0: and science says that, that obviously nothing can create something, yeah, right? Nothing, something can't come from nothing. Yeah. And life just doesn't spring from non-life. Yes. So it has to come from somewhere. So whether you go to the smallest cell, you're saying mm-hmm. that cell has to come from somewhere. Correct. And it can't just
1: right. evolve. Right.
0: Because they talk a lot about Abraham. What we hear in school and we hear all the time is that um, things just randomly, they randomly, randomly. Are things in the universe ordered or are they random? The, that, everything. Is, it, yeah. is, it, is there order? Are things ordered or are they random?
1: things are ordered but there is orderliness even in what appear to be random but i will start with the order go ahead, go. yeah things are ordered in the universe when you call universe we call the universe that we know the earth and the solar system things are ordered but sometimes what appear to be random is also ordered okay and i will first of all explain say um Galileo, no, Isaac Newton said I can calculate The planets, things But one thing I cannot calculate Is the madness of people What that means (laughs) What that means is in, In orderliness You can calculate things You can predict things You can do things The only thing that sometimes is random Is things that you cannot calculate Example Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. I cannot quantify beauty. Yes. It's random. That's why I can do a makeup. That one, it can change from time to time. But the universe as we know it, let's take our earth. Whether we like it or not, there's a morning, there's an afternoon, there's what? An evening. And the night time comes, morning comes. So it's ordered. It's not random. And the man uses intelligence. God given intelligence to, to deliver a wristwatch. Wristwatch helps you. To determine this. But whether we have a wristwatch or not. There's still that time. It's only man. My grandmother in the village does not have a wristwatch. But she knows when to wake up. So things are ordered. Things are not just random. Whether we we want to rationalize it or not. Example, we breathe the air. The air is all over us, but what do we breathe? The composition of air is what? The young one, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon dioxide, water vapor, that's the air, but we can see it, correct? But what do human beings breathe? oxygen why are we not breathing everything we only take the oxygen that's relevant to us what do the plants breathe carbon dioxide and some nitrate so you see even though it looks like it's random air but it's orderly specific for your needs that's, ama- so, that's amazing yeah you so it's, it's not just things just don't happen there's a reason
0: that's great. I, 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 when, you, when you explained that last week, you know, it's something we all, we breathe every single day. But you think about the, how God designed even air, that we take in what we need, plants taking what they need. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it was incredible yeah. just to think just, about.
1: Just that. one minute. Let's look at the universe, the planetary system. We have the inner planets, the Mercury, the Earth, and the Venus. They're closer to the sun. Then the outer planets The Jupiter, the Saturn and all that I will take the two planets I worked on To show you that things are not The, the Jupiter is over A thousand times bigger than the Earth So you can take the whole Earth A thousand times Put it in one planet the Ju- How many moons do we have on Earth? One One Jupiter has over 300 moons All orbiting around Jupiter so if that big planet is not falling and hitting us then it's not just random the amazing thing about Jupiter is the way it rotates it actually helps to protect the Sun from meteor or the earth from meteorites mm. Heating the Sun is so powerful 99.9% of all the mass of the solar system is in the Sun all the other, less than 1% is all the solar system put together. So the Earth, the Jupiter, everything put together is not even up to 2% of the mass of the sun. So you can imagine the energy from the sun, right? Mm-hmm. All the meteorites. But God somehow arranged the, the orbits. We learn about orbits, right? The, uh, the elliptical orbits. They are not just random. As one is coming, another one is going a different way, but to shield earth is the only place that has moderate temperatures for life so I don't think it's by accident
0: and you, the grape you mentioned just the, the quote oh. about I thought this was just fascinating mm. the simplicity but how fascinating it was yeah. what you said yes.
1: yeah, what I was telling Pastor Jeff is actually it was um, um, I know, Galileo that said it he said Look at the amazing solar system with, with the complexity of everything. But yet, the sun finds its way to come and ripen a grapefruit on earth. To come and ripen a mango fruit. To, without the sun, the fruit would not be ripe. But yet, with all the millions of degrees of temperature, God finds a way of coming to take care of it. So it's not just random that does that make sense yeah. yes that, that's that's yeah.
0: thank you that's great um so while you were at nasa i thought about this when you were there um did you come away more convinced of god's existence or less
1: actually the the, the first time i went it was like, wow these astronauts like i can't wait to go meet them and <laughs> we'll talk you know but actually all the astronauts i talked to my own experience first They say when you are in space, there's no way you can doubt God's existence. Most of them have a second thing. Even if they were not sure, they say you cannot be in space and not see the awesomeness of what God is. And then once we are in the lab and discussing and all that, And that's the amazing thing. I've not found anyone in our research groups or other research groups in the higher science community that actually disproved God. They, They don't. You see, what scientists are doing is finding the truth about what already exists. We're just discovering. So there is more and more interest in knowing, wow, see, science is a search for truth. The truth about the things. Religion is search for truth. Mm -hmm. Right? But the truth about God. But we're finding the truth about why is this doing what it's doing. We can explain it. But we don't know how it is made. Einstein said we can do gravity. We can do everything. But I don't know how gravity came about. And that's the science. The science part. So all my colleagues at NASA and all the civilians that went there. I came out even stronger appreciating God for even protecting me like the earth the temperature can go from 50 degrees to what, 60 degrees in one day in Mars which is just close to us it can go from 0 to, to 100 degrees in 30 seconds there's no way the wind can go 300 miles an hour and it can last 3 months mm-hmm. just and it's all dust in the other extreme, so you find out that it's, it's, it's amazing not to think that there is a greater um, mind. mind beyond ours. So what science people do, like me and others that are, 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 they are physicists and all that, is to see, is, is curiosity. Albert Einstein said, I'm not smarter than anyone, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. The more you are curious, the more you are curious. Joshua 1 it said this book of the law shall not meditate on it day." and that's what science does the more you keep the more you that's a researching then the truth about that thing keeps evolving but if you just see one element and you conclude that would be a disaster so at NASA, they don't take chances their success is they go on the what is not known they like to operate from what if the 95 percent that is known is fine, but they want to so they don't take chances. They know that if you go to the parking lot and there is ice, you might sleep. We all know that, right? right? So what they do at NASA example is like, okay, what if I sleep? What if I sleep? But for us, we don't care. We just shh, I buy boots and we don't. No, what if the boots don't work? What if? that's how they build stuff and then they're able to advance the frontiers.
0: so I, I, off, off the subject for a second, do scientists know why ice is slippery?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they don't, right?
0: <laughs> no, they don't, <laughs> they don't know why ice they, is they will, they will all bring so why are we curious, listening to you if you guys yeah, don't even yeah, know why ice is yeah, slippery? Yeah. Well, you know, the, all this knowledge, all this yeah. Jupiter hanging out and, so you know. it's,
1: just, it's just like the way we think the way water flows here the moment you are international space station the water doesn't flow the same the water will coagulate and flow like a film it goes like a film it's water, but the moment it comes into earth's atmosphere, it starts like drops so things, even fire don't burn doesn't burn the same way as it burns out there international space station alone you light a candle it doesn't burn like that the way we see it. so things don't happen the way we see it. Once we are 500 kilometers out there, things don't. Things are different.
0: Yeah, th- things are different. So, Abe, I, I think you answered this question, but are most of the scientists. Because we get the idea that if you work for NASA, if you're a scientist, if you're brilliant, you don't believe. You're an atheist. So, are most of the scientists that you interacted with at NASA, are they atheists? No.
1: No. No. no in fact most of them don't they, 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 they are awesome human beings they are they are just scientists looking for the truth mm-hmm. yes they are they, they are just extreme they are wild cause but they don't doubt God they don't doubt God obviously they know there is a great person there and they are willing to reach to close and that's why they just release an object that wants to go close to the sun did we know that right they, a, a spaceship for the first time is getting closer to the sun. But that close is still two million miles away. <laughs> but to them, it's close. But from the, what they know so far, the surface of the, of the, of the sun is supposed to be colder, uh, hot, uh, colder than the interior normally, right? But what they are finding out now is that the surface is actually hotter than the inside. So, nobody can even start to explain what's going on. So, most of them that I have met are not atheists.
0: Um, from a time stamp, we're, we're still pretty good with time. Um, so, you know, as we were talking through this, are most of these conversations and discussions, if you will, philosophical or scientific?
1: Conversations about, about like, the universe, yeah, like and the, yeah. nothing from yeah. something from nothing,
0: yeah. and how yeah. life, yeah. Or, like you know, non-life springing into life, is that yeah. a is that a scientific discussion or is it more of a philosophical discussion?
1: It's it's, it's more philosophical discussions. philosophical discussions. You can go on and on, just like beauty is the hand of the of, the, of the, eye, the eye of the beholder. You can't define beauty, mm-hmm. so who and you can't define madness. Oh, you are mad. Who told you are mad? all those kind of stuff so you keep going round and round half cup this one says half full this one says it's half empty so all those are philosophy they are not exact and because they are just subjective reasoning you can keep going around in circle till heavens come down right. till people, their time goes up you know and then another people is just to find time this is what this is what um uh that in all the laws of the universe, manifest spirit, okay, I've done that. I can calculate the most beautiful system of the sun. Planets and comets could process from the council and dominion of intelligent and powerful human system. So there is everything we are doing. The moment creation comes, evolution comes, the discussions is all philosophical. philosophical. And man is trying to show his weakness and is pride pride in not accepting that i don't know it's okay you don't know it's not everything that you should know right
0: yeah because you know we talk about like just talk about design for a second living living things look like they were designed so i'm asking this just in general but if they look like they were designed How do evolutionists know they were not designed? I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. Okay, this is Richard Dawkins, who is a staunch atheist was. He said, biology is the study of complicated things that have the appearance of having been designed with purpose. Let that I'm going to read that again. Biology is the study of complicated things that have the appearance. Okay, so it looks like. Right. When they study it, the appearance of having been designed with a purpose. And I would like to say because they were. They were. And then Francis Crick, who is a co-discoverer of the double helix um, structure of DNA, he wrote this. Listen to what he said. Biologists must constantly keep in mind that what they see was not designed, but rather evolved. Because what they see conflict with their worldview and their research money, the pastor said sarcastically. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me read that to you again. He said this, biologists must constantly keep in mind that what they see was not designed. Why do they have to constantly keep that in mind when they're looking and they're studying And they're doing good science they have to constantly keep in mind that it wasn't designed but rather it evolved why do they have to constantly keep that in mind because it was designed it was designed the problem for evolutionists is that there's actually too much design there's too much you know we were talking
1: about this go go right to jump in you said what they see if i go to optician the you see the letters there sometimes you don't see it until you put on your glasses yep. right the fact that you don't see it doesn't mean the things are not there in italics so what is happening that's the limitation during those all that evo- there were no powerful microscopes to even dig that so the were there was there is limitation how far you can see even galileo's telescopes we are still discovering stuff right mm-hmm. so that thing what you see but what is that instrument that's allowing you to see even what you cannot see with the naked eye Mm -hmm. does that make
0: sense sense. um well we've got i've got i've got more questions and stuff but we're kind of running out of time let me just kind of let me say say this about like design i find it fascinating that when an archaeologist finds a piece of pottery they they point to a human designer Right. They dig something up. They're doing archaeology doing science. They dig something up. They find a beautiful piece of pottery or something that looks like Isaac Newton's point Mm. um, that it was designed. And no one says anything about anything about it. But yet, if someone attributes design to a living thing, if they attribute that design of, uh, you know, design in living things to a designer, all heck breaks loose in the lab. But there's greater design in mm-hmm. what you're looking at in right. the lab than right. than what they found in some pottery, yeah. you know, what I mean, pieces yeah. of things they found. So yeah. I find it just fascinating yeah. how inconsistent that yeah. is, yeah. that in some sciences they point to human, you know, mm-hmm. human designer. No yeah. problem. Yeah. But the moment a living, if you will, a design in living things is is attributed to a designer. Yeah. All heck breaks loose. Somehow that yeah. can't be
1: yeah. You get the last word. Yeah. <laughs> DNA is a great tool, but it's very scientific. It wasn't random. It's used to identify, to trace. So every one of us has unique DNA. That's why they can use it to solve crime. That's science, that means orderliness. Mm-hmm. Fingerprinting nobody has the same fingerprint. It wasn't, it's just not random. Even identical twins, mm-hmm. there are ways you differentiate. Even the fingerprints on the five. Uh, my five fingers are different okay, That's why sometimes it, They are predominantly use a thumb That's a reason for all that So everyone is uniquely And individually made Even though it looks like we are chaos in the, in the mall, we go everywhere But there is orderliness We don't bump into each other Example, we have tornadoes And everything, right It's all wind Temperature and everything but how come you, have, you see less of it in Africa? Because temperatures high, mm-hmm. temperature heats up the Atlantic Ocean, water rises, wind, and then it goes through, it start traveling, picking up current, picking up, then it dumps here. So nothing just happens. There's a design in everything. The corn, but you have a nice concave arrange. Nobody can say why. Why is it like that? Is that making sense mm-hmm. so in Jupiter guess what is there diamonds liquid diamonds have you ever thought that would be but the Bible says it in the union in the there's precious stones mm-hmm. liquid diamonds they're all in Jupiter most of the planets have minerals that we now crave for mm-hmm. as precious stones. God can rain them down anytime in different locations And it's just for us to discover. So it's not like the science is putting together any new thing. It's just trying to discover.
0: Well, Abraham, Abe, thanks so much for kind of hanging out with us and taking the time to do this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a little different, yeah. So let's just uh, let's just pray and close out our time together. Father God, thank you so much for this time we can spend together. Thank you, Lord God, that you're an amazing God, an incredible designer, far beyond what we can even imagine, Lord God. I just pray that each one of us would appreciate the beauty, the majesty of your creation. Lord God, that we would recognize that even each one of us was uniquely designed by you to have an impact on this world. And we pray, dear God, that we would use that, use that impact, use our purpose to glorify you in everything that we say, everything that we do, that we would use it to bring you glory and and to touch the lives of others. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We give this time to you in Jesus name. Amen. Have a great week.